Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. And if you're not already subscribed on YouTube, go to YouTube, search Sports Card Lessons Podcast, and hit that subscribe button. Welcome, and thanks for being here. Today's episode, back for a second time is my man Jordan from Zips Cards. Jordan, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, just golf today. Uh, got back, actually, I uh, got into golf from National, which is kind of kind of funny and card related, I didn't even think about. I did a deal at National. I sold a card and then I got a set of golf clubs in that deal. So I used those clubs today out on the course. Yeah, I don't even know if you knew that. No, so, so you made a deal. Yes. With cards and it came with a set of golf clubs. Yep. I got, it was a Jalen Hurts, um, Panini one RPA. It was like a, it was at a 99. It was like a quad patch, uh, an on-card auto. So nice card. And um, I sold it. I got like 800 cash and then a set of clubs because I need a set of clubs. What, what sure. kind of clubs? Uh, it, it's, it's like a fairly decent beginner starter kit. Like, Right, the comps value on eBay, it looks like they sell anywhere from 350 to 500 So Nice. Yeah, nice. I mean, and I needed a set of clubs, so it was perfect. I'm sure you could imagine where I got that deal done, too. I'm sure you could imagine who. <laughs> was it Was it my man, Vince? Your mm -hmm. man, Vince? Nice. Yeah, yeah. He, it, was, so it was basically like he just like was helping me get a set of clubs, and he really wanted the Jalen Hurts card. So he was uh -huh. like, hey, I know you needed clubs. I was talking to him, so it was cool. But yeah, I, how'd you hit them today? It was what, like 90 degrees out today. It was, it was hot. It was hot. I hit, I hit overall. Well, I mean, like I played baseball through college, so I just did not swing a golf club and like, cause I was just always afraid to mess up my swing, even though I don't think that's too, too real looking back on it now. But, um, so this was like my first time golfing since I was like 13 or 14 when I used to go with my grandfather and overall I did pretty well. I mean, all three of my friends that I went with, <clears throat> they go pretty regularly and i think i was like a couple strokes behind them i think i was like wow. Three, wow. yeah i was like three strokes behind them and i i had the farthest drive of the day and you know overall it was i it was i was i surprised myself so it was good hmm. probably won't do that good next time so you, you know what it is too uh and, and just touch on it briefly because i started very late i only started playing golf like three or four years ago or it's about four years ago now and one of the things is when you're starting out and you're playing with people know what they're doing, like there's no pressure, right? You're mm -hmm. like, I've never done this before. And I just got these clubs and no matter how well you're hitting, I'm just going to swing away and do the best I can. And, yeah. and I find that when I first started, I did pretty well. And then when I started really starting to think about playing the game and, and everything, you know, the actual game itself. And then I started getting in my own head and pressures mm -hmm. and everything else. Things started to fall apart. And then it was all of a sudden I had to learn how to play the game again with pressure, you know? So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad it worked out. And we're, now that I know we're definitely have to going to go, definitely have to going to go play. Absolutely. Play. Let me know. Yeah. Let me know. So, so you just mentioned uh, the national, you can't coming out of national. It's just been a few weeks away. Um, I, I don't want to ask about your overall experience. Cause I know at your booth, you, you know, you got shortchanged at the, at the table of, of your positioning at the table, but, uh, not to get into that, but just the overall national, the experience, uh, how was it for you? You know, just your thoughts on it and, mm -hmm. and kind of your thoughts moving forward. I mean, even taking into account my prime real estate, um, no, but it, overall, it was it was good. Like even with that, even with that being said, overall it was a positive. Like I learned a lot. I think that's the like I learned a lot, and I still like for for what we had to deal with the adversity. I mean, like we still came home with a lot of cash. Like yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't bad in that regard too. Like it could have been better, right? Like you, you could always say it could have been this, could have been that. Like, and if that was like us, you know, dealing with that and like not failing, but if it went wrong and it ended up as that, that's the result, it's still a good result for it going wrong. Yeah. Right. So overall good. I mean, I think the main thing was like the things I had compared to what they, what I should have had is like some of my higher end stuff should have been different brands. That's what I saw. Cause like you look at some of these dealers and it's like, do they even like sports? Do they even know? Like, you just don't even know. You just know they have NT flawless optic. It's like, they don't even care who the player is. It's like, they have these brands and it's like, yeah, just throw it in there. And yeah, it, it's really crazy to think about that. It's like you could have the right players, but if it's not the right card or right set, um, it won't move automatically. Yeah, that's that's what I'll say. If that if that makes sense. Yep, absolutely. Because if you remember, uh, you know, I talked about being in Atlantic City, right, and talked about you know, the inventory I had, and I felt it was the wrong inventory, just kind of like what you're saying now. So when I put my plan together, moving, you know, into this year, into Chicago, I talked about handpicking all these certain cards and you mm -hmm. saw what those cards were. I, you know, I showcased these cards and, and I still had people say, wow, you know, that's some unbelievable cards. And some other people said, hey, you still have to sell those cards. I was still getting comments like, you know, those cards are great, but you still have to sell them. And, and, you know, I knew going out there, these were the cards that people were going to want to buy. Right. Um, and, and I had to put out my own personal thought, right? No matter how I felt about a card, uh, thinking like, this is a great card and people should love this. No, like I went out and bought a ton of Joe Burrow because I know people were going to buy him, right? A bunch of Patrick Mahomes, but not just, you know, they, they weren't low end. They were you know, medium and maybe a little higher, but they were the, you know, the, the, the sets that people wanted. And I just knew, I just knew from the year before the, the cards. So, and I understand what you're trying to say. If I, if, if I, if I thought the national treasure cards would move, which they were, I think price would have been priced too high on a Patrick Mahomes or a Joe Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence, something like that. Those cards are just priced too high. And I felt that those would be out of reach for most of the people coming to my table at the national. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, it, what you're saying, absolutely true. It was e even know you, you may have had the right players. You may have not had the right cards. And right. so, so just, just talk to me a little bit. Now I, I just told you what happened to me one year to two years setting up, talk to me, your, your thought coming home, thinking about Cleveland. Like if you're, if you're able to set up again in Cleveland, like what, what are your thoughts about, now what you would do with your for your inventory yeah so i mean number one and i i know you saw it and i don't know if you knew what was going on exactly behind you with you know my buddy vince our buddy vince you know what's hotter than football at the national baseball at least my opinion i mean like like uh he he had bowman right and bowman's this as prospect prospective as it gets like you know you you got 17 year old guys playing the dominican summer league and then they're not even stateside playing and they're selling for thousands of dollars right so it's even more pro uh, prospective than than quarterbacks and whatever but i mean quarterbacks are still they it's in demand there it's not like i'm not saying that it's just um something different i would do for next year and what i think is in a lot of people's price ranges rather than like the NT stuff is I really saw how liquid quarterbacks, like the optic, not the Don Russ, the, and which I'll get right into that because it's so funny. I have, I had that. Well, I still have that Trevor Lawrence orange Don Russ rated rookie PSA 10, 10 had people telling me I was undervaluing it. Right. I, I was trying to move it for like 17 to 2000 and people like that's easily 2,500 since there's no other tens. And I'm like, great. So this is a deal. You should love this card. Right. No, but like his, his PSA nine optic stuff just 
it's that um, optic is that set at national. I think if I was to do it again, would be to try to get some of those optic, uh, the rate of rookie autos. I think those are really, really nice. Yeah. And, and even, even not the rated rookies, but just like some of those optic cards, just the optic rookie cards. Right. Yeah. And I think most people, the consensus is they just love the way those cards look, the way they pop, even when they're in the case, like for me to even have them in my case, or even when I walk around, I notice those cards right away. They just, they just stand out. So yeah, definitely, definitely with, with Mahomes, right. And, 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 and Burrow and, and, you know, even Josh Allen, things like that. I mean, these cards, they just, they, they stand out. They really catch people's eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the guys that we were set up with Joku, they had all the, you know, they, they were even a step ahead. They had some football, but they, they had a lot of basketball too, you know, and like, it's almost like playing that cycle of what are people going to be buying for the future? And I feel like they had a lot of people coming up doing deals with them for that stuff too. And I thought that's brilliant, right? Like they're just thinking ahead. And so for me, like I had just kind of sold out. I'm like, I'm doing football, just, you know, just, and, and, and it was in demand and I sold a ton of it, whether it was uh, just at the table, walking around trade nights, you you know, you, you sell your stuff everywhere. It's not just in one spot there. Um, It's just, I, I pretty much think if you have an in-demand player at national though, like someone's going to want it there. I don't even know if it's like, it's just, if you have the right, if the right set and the right player, I don't think the sport really does matter actually yeah. there. Cause there's going to be someone. And I think important too, is be able to find comps on these cards. So the, the cards that I was left with, you know, I say was left with was. Oh yeah, pop my, ones are so cool all of a sudden, right? No. Yeah, no. no. I mean, people love the cars. That you know, they they come up and they you know, they love the cards. But when they're trying to comp the card and they they're they can't get it. You know, the last comp was a year and a half ago, and they just can't see. You know, even no card ladder says you know, this card is a 33 or $3,400 card. And they see a year and a half ago, it sold for 2000. They just can't make that. They can't make that purchase. They're willing to trade up into it. But, and, and I kind of understand that too, because nobody wants to get stuck with a card, especially, you know, a 3000 or a $3,500 card and then find out, you know, oh, yeah. it, it, it may, you know, may only be worth 2000 or 2,500 or not worth it, but that maybe that's maybe worth all somebody's going to pay for that card right yeah so, so those cards even like your your you know yours that's the the the, the lawrence that's a 10 of 10 it's a beautiful card but if there's no comps on it people are afraid to right, right. absolutely yeah. and i was just thinking how funny it would be if someone just as we're talking about this they just have an entire case of quarterback optic hollows and only you know what I mean? Like, just t- <laughs> like, honestly, I bet that'd go really well. Like yeah. people, because they're just so in demand, so easy to move their comp, but yeah, just optic hollows, like all quarterbacks, a whole showcase. You'd probably do great. Yeah. Yeah. Probably and, and, and again, like what I did last year is I started early. I started shopping early. And as I bought these cards, I just put them away. I never took them to shows. I sold other things at shows. So so that worked for me. I get a lot of people, and this is a great transition. I get a lot of people asking me, like, realistically, how do you make money doing this? Like, especially in national, right? Where, where you know, now you're plane tickets and hotel rooms and, you know, there's food and there's everything involved. You know, and I think I think in some ways we have to chalk some of this expense up to a vacation, right? Where if we were going to go to the beach or we're going to go to, you know, Las Vegas or Disney World or whatever, I mean, these would be like vacation. This would be vacation expenses, you know, buying meals, staying in a hotel, things like that. So I don't think we can come out and say, you know, like, you know, all the money that's that's being made at the show is, you know, compensating for every single thing we have. But for someone like me who bought the cards early and have a decent percentage, I'm able to talk about that. I'm able to tell people this is how it worked for me. You know, I bought the card at say at the time was 100% comps, but by the time we got to July, you know, that that comp is now 120 or 130%. So even if I sell it at, you know, 
whatever the 90% comp is, I'm still making money on it. Right. Yeah. But that oh, seems to be a lost art today is holding. Right. Like, <laughs> like, like truly it's like, everyone wants to quick flip stuff. If you're yeah. trying to make money, you think of the quick flip. I mean, you look at all the, uh, a bunch of the big YouTubers and it's let me buy this and get rid of it before it's in my hand. Let me almost drop ship this card to someone, you know, like, yeah. and Hot it's potato. just, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I talked to some of the big, big guys there that I, I got to talk to and really understand how they do it. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're buying things, holding them and then cashing in on them when they can, you know, some of it's timing with the market, but some of it's like, I've been doing this since the nineties and it's, you know, it's, yeah. so I, I think that's something that people don't talk about enough. And it's mm. something that I want to do a little bit more. And I have a couple, I know you had sent me some uh, earlier about some questions about later that we'll talk about, about some guys and stuff. And there's a couple of people that I feel that way about. And um, <clears throat> I think, I think it's something that, as well as having the quick flips and stuff, you should be able to hopefully, if you're able to get like a bankroll where you can put, you know, a card away to hold for a bit, then do it. Most recently would be Otani stuff has blown up. Even like you could have bought it when the season started and it's blown up. Mm, yeah. Um, so you're talking not a long-term hold. Either. I mean, you could also just buy him now and hold him forever. And I, I don't, I wouldn't question that either. So, mm -hmm. But that's that's something that I think, you know, especially my generation too. It's like that instant gratification with everything, and it's just like in our in our society, it's, everything's just immediate, and it's just like you, you need to hold some stuff. Yeah, like well, I you, go ahead. Sorry, I'm I was going to say you could tell, and not even cards. You could tell you walk into a convenience store. Right. I mean, they have like 150 scratch tickets. They have like 35 instant yeah. games off the computer. And you see people in there like just like I mean, that it's almost that instant gratification. That's what it reminds me of sometimes, you know, just that instant gratification that people, you know, it's like a lost art to buy a, a lotto ticket and wait till Tuesday to see if you won. Right. And wait for right. the drawing that it's it's, you know, being, you know, people are knowing immediately if they're winners or not. Um, and, and, you know, for someone like me, I purchased like Bowman, you know, Bowman Chrome, Bowman mega boxes, the 20, 2021, 2022, and took out all the first Bowman's right. And just put them in a box, you know, top loaded and put them away. Um, I did the same thing with, uh, with hockey, the upper deck hockey. I took all the young guns, right. And, and, and top loaded them, put them away. So now here we are 2023. I'm going back through that now. Right. So I think I have a good grip on the baseball players who, who I'm probably through this winter are going to grade those cards, mm -hmm. right. And have them available in the spring. Uh, and the hockey now I'm pulling, going through the hockey to see who I could grade now, you know, moving into this fall, you know, that I'll be, you know, coming back and be, be putting on my table. Right. Absolutely. So, so it's hard to say financially, right. Did it pay off or didn't it pay off? Because I bought these boxes. I made the investment in these boxes two and three years ago. Right. And now I'm pulling the players out. But to me, it's like an investment that I spent that money. I put all these cards aside somebody, you know, every year, you know, for every draft year, somebody's paying off. Right. There's at least one or two or three players in there that are going to pay off, whether the timing is right. You know, I, I may only pull like the, the baseball a few cards out now right. and maybe two years from now, somebody else may pop, you know, and, and it'll be good. But it's hard to tell on that investment. So kind of I'm going to throw this question back at you because you do this more quickly. You buy a lot of raw cards. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you grade these cards. And you do pretty well on these cards. Mm -hmm. And and it's not the it's not the quick flip. It's not the instant gratification, right? Because it's it's you know 30, 40 days, 50 days off to PSA, right? From you purchase yep. it, you prep it, you send it, and they come back. But if you had just just to talk about um 
percentages like i you know i don't know if you put much thought into what your percentages are if you buy this card at a certain amount and do you know right away look if this comes back a nine i can get this much and it comes back a 10 i get that much it makes sense to me and do you also say if this comes back a nine i've lost money so it's a 10 or bust so i don't know if you could just talk to me a little bit about you know, what goes through your mind and what kind of percentages you look at that you think are worthwhile for you? Yeah. And I think, honestly, I'll probably answer that with a, with a reference, if you don't mind. Uh, there's a great channel on YouTube called PC Sports Cards. You've probably heard of them. They're out of Long Island. They do something which is pretty cool as a consigner. You can send cards to them to get graded. They'll come back. They never charge you for grading, and they'll immediately run those cards back from grading on eBay. And then when all said and done, they'll take out the eBay fees and your grading fees and just send you money. So like, right? And and they send out. They're like one. They might be the biggest PSA like bulk submitter, and they talk about that of like, okay, so this card, the gem rate is like. 30 percent so you need to hit so many tens for it to make worthwhile and it's like tough so for me um when i was when i was first starting out with with my uh business partner matt like when we were trying to just create that bankroll um i was buying like five dollar non-number refractors of a lot of the tops chrome like soccer guys because i think tops chrome is a pretty safe set to grade i think tops probably a lot of people would agree with this is overall besides like i know the f1 product has some condition issues and then bundesliga tops chrome 2020 which i know really well has some condition issues but overall tops i think does a way better job with quality control than panini just my my opinion so like you could start out with cards if you can know the set and know what you're looking for to grade it to give you a shot to to gem. I think that's a good way to go about it because then you're gonna gem more if you know the set. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I mean, and you can look at you know even so I do a lot. I look at pop counts all the time on cards. Yep. So even even if I see a raw card that I may say, oh, maybe I'd like to grade this. I'll go back and look at the pop counts. Is if is the pop is the PSA ten like you know, two, three, four, five thousand or ten thousand, or is it a couple hundred? Because at a couple hundred, right, I, I know there's probably a good chance that most of those cards are not gonna gem. So I have to really look at those cards, right? And, and right. So when I try to buy a raw card, um I mean now when I'm doing it, I kind of have a feel so I don't worry too too much. But like when I'm trying to buy a card if I really like it and I think it really looks good and I know like if I can't break even at a nine, I, usually I won't do it. Hmm. There's some instances, right. Where it's like, if I have a good outlook on this guy, then sure. And it's going to nine and I'll take it anyways. Um, but for the most part, I want to be able to I buy the raw card and it comes back a nine. I'll at least like, make like 20 bucks after on yep. a nine, yep. you know, and then that, and I say that, but that also gets tricky too, when they're super cheap cards too. Like, so I don't, I don't have an exact percentage. Like I, I just know it and I'm kind of actively just doing it, but I don't have um, a specific number in mind because also there's cards that I'll just look at and I think look great. And the, the guy I'm trying to buy it off won't budge. And I've paid full comps, if not a little over full comps, and I've gemmed it and made really good money still because, you know, it, so it really is case by case. And I can't tell you which cards that do or don't apply. But if, if, if I'm looking at it in person and I feel good, like if I feel really good about it, I will pay up, mm -hmm. you know. And, and I know that you prep. <sighs> you prep most of your cards that that go and, and you're pretty good at prepping the cards mm -hmm. that go. Um, 
do they all need to be prepped? I mean, is there any cards that you get out and say, man, this just looks great. I, I'm just all the time, all the time. Yeah. So they don't, they don't all need to be prepped and yeah. some at the very least, you know, you just need like a, a wipe down with a microfiber and it's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I know good. I've gone out and I've bought in the, uh, the oversized magnifying glass, you know, and the, uh, yeah, you should. And, and I look at the cards and some of these, I'm like, I'm like, you know, and I belong to PSA, right? So I say I belong to it. I bought into that year. Collector's club membership. Yeah. So it's like 15 or 18 <sighs> bucks or nine, you know, whatever it is, they do the deals. And sometimes on cards, I'll like, yeah, I don't know, but for 15 bucks, it's worth a shot. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and they'll and miss stuff. They will. I mean, yeah. overall, they're good. And I shouldn't say good. Overall, they're great at their job, which may catch some flack. But like, overall, they really do do a good job if you're looking grand scheme of the millions of cards they grade and that they grade accurately. Yeah. So like, but you, you or me may overanalyze something tiny that we see. Or you may see something that looks like print line. Here's here's one that a lot of people don't know is like if you look at the front of like some Topps Chrome speckle cards, it almost looks like there's like a like a like crosses through it, like a like a grid. So there it is. I was thinking grade, like a like a grid through the front of the card, but that's just part of the design and that doesn't affect anything on the grade. And people will look at it and like, oh my god, this look at these horrible print lines. This is gonna get like a seven. No, it's absolutely fine. Um, and there's like little th so like knowing the set and knowing certain things like that. Another thing is like, a, and something that a lot of lower end cards like like mosaic. So they'll have the print lines on the back. There's like there's a threshold of where that print line doesn't matter, and it's it's hard. I can't tell you what that threshold is, not because I don't want to. It's because you have to grade on your, like I've sent, I sent like a bad one on purpose to know what that is at fit, right. For the knowledge at 15 bucks or whatever. Yep. Um, and it was, it got an eight and I was like, okay. And then I sent, you know, I've sent some that I'm like, all right, I'm going to remember this. And then it got like a nine and I'm like, okay, so this is what a nine's about to be. And then, you know, I it's just, you have to, you can only tell someone so much rather than you, sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah. And yeah. I know, I know on one of those Trinity Rodman cards, we you were looking at with me and you said, well, there's print lines on the back and you say the best thing you could do, right. Is go online, find a couple of PSA tens of that card and then look on the back of that card and see if those, that print line, see if you can see it. Right. Yeah. So there were a number of the cards. I'm like, well, I'm just not going to grade it because I can see this one print line in there. And then there were, a couple of PSA tens that I went up and looked and actually had that same line on there. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. said, okay. So I sent six of them in, right. And two came back tens. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, it, then it gets to how deep are those, are those lines? Do those lines start to indent the card or are they faint and just like in the clear coat or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, you have to just do it yourself to see it and know mm -hmm. that's the, that's the best way I can explain it. And, and, I, I know I asked you, I think I asked you this on the last one. It, have you ever figured out your success rate at nine, 10 gems and nines and, you know, what of, of submitting? Cause you've been su submitting so many cards. Yeah. So overall, uh, when I, when I was, I was looking back like this week, actually, we're right around. Um, so on each order, we're going to be anywhere from like 70 to 75% gem rates, which is, is, I'll take that's yeah. fine. I, I find I, I, I know this sounds stupid, but I find the more cards I send, the more tens I get. Hey, right. So, they're, yeah, and, and, and I and think they're them. like, I think they say to themselves, well, this guy's paying for 30 cards, Let, let's give him 10 tens or, or let's give him nine tens or whatever. And, and those tens, you know, will pay for the sub, pay for the cards, and pay for so much more if I sell a couple, you know, yep. if I get to sell. So, so at a point where I'm like, do I just send one or two or three? Because it seems like when I send just a couple cards in, you know, at, at the last three times I sent two cards in, one came back at 10, one came back at nine, right? So I'm like, okay. So they're just saying 50-50 here, you know, and then this is the way my mind works, right? So then I send 10 cards in, I get I get four tens, four nines, and two eights, right? And I'm like, okay, so they're just under 50%. So you know, why don't I just send 
25 or 30 cards in right and yeah you know, now i'm gonna get 15 tens uh, so the more cards i send the and, and it uh, does it work out that way it does for me right and so i figure uh, i'm always just slightly under 50 percent of 10 of gemming i remember a while back when you sent in all those like celebrity autos like almost all of them tend right yep yep every, that was every, great that everyone. i mean that's saying that leaf i guess makes good quality stuff at the very i mean the of the card at least like yeah that's yeah. kind of impressive i remember it was crazy <clears throat> it's like yeah. all of them tend right yeah every single yeah. one i like 12 of them came back but that was part of an order of 70 cards too oh okay right? so so it wasn't just them by themselves that's oh, when I, okay. I sent all those music cards in too right um, so it just wasn't that but i was happy to get those you know get those all to gem and then here again they were all pop ones right psa 10 and and i i still have a handful of them but they're hard to, they're hard to sell you know of all the of all the 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 pop culture cards that i had those pop century celebrity autos were the hardest cards to move and i thought those were going to be the easiest cards to move they were all the other pop culture stuff has moved so much easier than those for for whatever reason and i don't know it's because leaf comes out with you know take one particular star and they've got like this auto and there's one of one one of three one of five one of seven one of ten one of fifteen one of twenty one of 49, one of 99, one of 190, you know, and I think so when you're looking at the same card and you just all of a sudden see, well, this card sold for $125. Well, that card there was one of 199 and it was a, you know, PSA 10, but my, my card is a, you know, a two of three and it's a PSA 10. So, right. Especially since like with those cards too, it's not like, oh, um, what's his name? Peter Dinklage is going to go out and throw 40 touchdowns this year. Like, <laughs> like, like that. So that's another thing too, is like the people buying those that like, they love the actor and, and like, I, and I could just be guessing like, if there's all those parallels, it'd be like how many autos of Peter Dinklage you need. Someone may need all of them. I don't know, but like yeah, yeah. someone yeah. may want that one out of 90 or whatever. Cause it's the cheapest yeah. and that works for them. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't know. And, and if I had my way, would I really want to be selling a Peter Dinklage, you know, auto? But when you're buying the box for like three hundred dollars, and you know it comes out, that's the card you're grading. And I mean, putting he's pretty up for cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, so he's 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 great. Yeah. Like he's great. I love that was my favorite one I saw out of all of them. I you probably remember that. I always came up and I was like, I love that Peter Dinklage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think I I ended up selling that online. I, I believe I it. That. I, I believe it. That on eBay. And in fact, the last time it was the Super Bowl, the day of the Super Bowl, I went down to the Little Hofstra show and I just happened to walk up on a table and the guy had a box of, you know, a sealed box of the Rittenhouse Game of Thrones cards. Cool. And it hadn't even been opened up. And I was, I just said, what do you go? And he looked at me and he's like, wow, nobody's asked me about it. Has anybody seen that? I mean, I made a deal with them as fast as I could. And I just bought the box. It's sitting up here in the office. I've never, I've never opened it, but I just think that's, it was Aren't those know, like, I, those are like, I mean, the autos out of those, if that's the original, original one, those are like crazy expensive, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a guaranteed, I think there's guaranteed two, one auto and one um, uh, inscription in, cool. in this, in this hobby box. Cool. Uh, but I think it's worth more unopened than opened, right? Probably. I mean, uh, it, it could be like a super high-end collector's item in like a long Yeah. 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 I mean, even I talked about having those uh, Bowman Mega Boxes. Did you sell those? I did. I I did. I sold all those boxes to one person. I believe it, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, he was happy, you know, to pay double, over double what I paid for those, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it was his offer to me. It wasn't my offer to him. So I was happy to move all those boxes. And 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 you were telling me, ah, you got to rip those boxes and look for Ellie Dela Cruz. And yeah, man. But I, I mean, it, to me, it was you know money in the bank just selling the. Uh, yeah, that works. That works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I know you had asked me earlier, and and we had talked a little bit about the women's soccer, uh, you know, before we came on, and and. 
Um, I said we should just save this for when we're on. But I, I mean, I, I think the prices are probably going to come down on some of the players. But I know personally from being in all these groups that there is a huge following of, of women's soccer and the NWSL and and um, not right away because, I you know, I'm I'm always trying to buy Trinity Rodman and I haven't seen. I have not seen her prices drop yet, nor Sophia Smith or Alex Morgan. So nobody's nobody's prices have have have, have dropped down yet. So I think they're going to hold. Yeah, I, uh, I'm very like I didn't really dabble at all in the women's soccer until I was at the Mohegan show and I saw a Trinity Rodman night moves and I bought it and it got a PSA 10 and I was like, cool. Beauty. So I have that, and then they lost, and I was like, "Oh, because I, I was in no, I was in no rush to put that card up on eBay or anything." So I was like, "Oh, yeah. they'll probably just win a third in a row." And yeah, in <sighs> in their own defense, the team that beat them, uh, Sweden, is right now is favored to win. So you know they they were a good team, and and I yeah. was just, I was just watching you know this weekend all these all these games going to penalty kicks. You know, and it's just when you get deep into penalty kicks after four, five, six players and you're into seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, you're you're at the bottom of the bench. People kicking that those games could go either way. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what I found amazing is and every single one of these that the goalie ends up coming out and kick and, and kicks the penalty kick. I just thought that was awesome that was, because that was coming from hockey, you would never see a goalie go down and take a penalty shot, you know, at the end. So. I remember watching it was, it was uh, Chelsea and Liverpool, I believe. And me and my friends, we were at the, the sports book at Mohegan and it was, it went to penalty kicks. It was like, I forget. It was some like mid season, mid season cup, like a couple years ago. And it went all the way down to the keepers, like all 10. There were, no, there was not one missed shot. And then the Liverpool keeper made it, and then Keppa, because <clears throat> my buddy is a is a Chelsea's fan, Chelsea fan, just like shanked it after like twenty one of the twenty two players on the pitch score. That's got to be the worst. Yeah, every yeah. like twenty one in a row were made, and then that's yeah, bad. <laughs> bad. <clears throat> uh, so speaking of players, who anybody you're big on now coming into the. Uh... You know, actually, it's a two-part question. Who are you big on? And do you, uh, as far as being a dealer, do you switch up your, you know, your your product for the season? Do you do you stay with the same type of product all through the season? And and who who are you uh, who are you kind of prospecting, looking for right now, coming into the the fall? Yeah. So I mean, I think there's a lot of like I, we try to have some basketball when it comes to basketball season and then probably buy football back again in like December when you see what the playoff picture kind of looks like. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and I know it sounds like I'm not super enthusiastic about that because what, what I've been looking at like big time is baseball. Like I really have. And there, and it's not a shock. It's just, there are three guys that I think you can hold or like this buy and hold thing. And if you buy them and hold, and this is not advice. There's, I, there are three guys I really like. If you buy and hold till like March when spring training pops off, all the hype will be there. And it's Jackson Holiday, Jackson Churio, and Junior Caminero. And people can go do their research. I was talking to my friend yesterday. Um, I was, we were, we were in the car home, uh, coming home from somewhere and, I was like, yeah, this guy Caminero, he's hitting like three, three fifteen with eighteen home runs. And I was like, look, let me just try to find a video clip of it because I looked at his stats Friday, and I was talking about it Saturday. So I go and it says he has twenty one home runs, and he just had a three home run game. As I was talking about how great this guy is, <laughs> right? Yeah. So like, he's he's a twenty year old guy. Uh, um, He's a shortstop. Um, I think he'll probably end up playing third for the Rays next to Wander. And he's just like, he just has it, man. Like, he's just fun to watch. 
He's good with kids. He's good with the crowd. Um, and he's got that flair. He has this beautiful swing. And he's just awesome. Um, and then Jackson Churio, he, he's in the Brewers organization. Um, he kind of, for a lot of people, like came out of nowhere. He got drafted when he was like 17. And he was kind of getting slept on for a little bit. And he just had this uh, huge rise last season. <clears throat> At the beginning of the season, he was ranked the number one prospect in baseball with before, before last season being out of the top 100 prospect so he had this crazy run up and he just he's like a five to a player he just does everything he's outfielder and he's super exciting to watch same type of thing and then jackson holiday he was just the first overall pick and he's matt holiday's son who uh if you remember matt holiday used to play outfield for the uh cardinals and he was um he's an all-star he's a great player and jackson holiday is in the orioles organization which is just loaded and uh my teammate from high school was hitting behind him because he's in the he was playing he plays double A ball in the Orioles organization, and uh, I was texting I was talking to him about Jackson Holiday and it, it, this is like me saying this doesn't mean anything because everyone knows Jackson Holiday is good but like you know my friends like oh yeah he's absolutely legit that I played high school ball you know and it yeah. just for me it's just reassuring because I know <clears> TT <throat> my friend in the Orioles organization and it's just like those three guys man um it's in my opinion it's kind of like it's safe when you buy a quarterback until the season starts like you buy these guys and then the hype builds over the off season and then the season comes and they're supposed to make their debut in 2024 all three of them <clears throat> you know two are 19 and one's 20 years old as a rookie in the MLB, it's pretty dang good. Yeah. Um, and but their stuff's not cheap, like at all. It's not cheap. So people are me, on to them already. It's not yeah, like yeah. it's not like they're sleepers. Right. Yeah. And like kind of El Ellie before he got called up had a little like a little dip, and then he just came up and played great and he went to the moon, but he wasn't cheap either. So like it it doesn't always matter what their prices are at now if it's high they can go higher. Like, it's just like, you know what I mean? So it's just, yeah. I like yeah. those three guys. Those are the three guys that if I can just tuck away for the winter until spring training, I will. Those guys. Yep. yep. So what will you sell now going in? Actually, I should yeah. say, what what upcoming shows do you have? I know, I think you're doing one in Portland, right? Portland, Maine. Yeah, the end of uh, September. So my I have a cousin who lives in Freeport, Maine. I'm going to stay up with him. It's the Northeast Sports Card Expo. You would actually send me about the that. It's the one in Stanford. So I'm doing, right now, I'm just booked for Stanford and Portland. And then when the tables go live for that Gillette Stadium show, I might do that because I couldn't get into... Mohegan and or the other Northeast Expo show, which I think is in Quincy. Yeah. And, and I know like I I personally love the like when it comes to up here, I love the card vault shows. Um yeah. I, yeah. And it's crazy that they have oh, there's three three shows on the same day, same weekend. Yeah, they, and I, I saw a lot of people giving the card vault guys like crap about it. It's like they jumped on a I, I the way I see it is they jumped on an opportunity for the Patriots by week. So like yeah. Yeah, if you I get mean, the opportunity, you have to do it. Like yeah. it's the same thing of when they how they got the Fenway card show. It was like it just you know that's yeah. what it was. And I think they're up against like I, I don't know much about the Quincy show, but I you know I know you know Card Vault has a location at uh, Foxwoods. Oh, it's Foxwoods Mohegan, yeah, yeah. right. And Mohegan, you know uh, Scott Skyup signings. He's doing his Mohegan show that weekend, and it's almost like Mohegan versus Foxwoods, but at Foxborough. You know, like yeah. that type well, of thing. I mean, I grew up in the town of Mohegan, and it is very much Mohegan versus Foxwoods. They're always trying to compete with each other, and this is just, yeah another thing it's just another thing yeah. really and and i and i have listeners from all you know all over the world but all over the united states and they talk about you know that they have to you know to wait months for a show and drive like five hours to get there and we're talking about show huge shows competing yeah, yeah. competing that that like if, if we could and left early enough we'd be able to hit all three of them in one day you know? not to mention that quincy show I think it's like a 200 table show. 
Wow. But yeah. So like, I, I, I don't understand. I don't know what 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 uh, Mohegan is. He's probably what two hundred. So probably right uh, around there. Yeah. Another two hundred. So that's four hundred. And Card Vault is usually what? It's got to be over that, right? Three fifty, maybe. I mean, you know, you're I, I don't know, about, but like, I love how Card Vault runs it. Um, yeah. Well, they they have yeah. a good draw too. They just yeah, yeah. I could go to a, any Card Vault show and have a good time as an attendee or as a vendor. Like really, yep. you set set up one day at Fenway, and I think you did pretty good, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so. and I missed the I missed the uh, Foxwoods one. I was down in uh, North right. Carolina with my grandkids. Yeah, I um, went as I, I walked it, and it was awesome. Yeah, and everyone I was walking around was like, "This is the most I ever made at a show." Like everyone was saying that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And there's a big draw right out of Boston too, out of Ma- up out of Massachusetts. I think I think Card Vault draws because people are familiar with them out of you know Massachusetts, out of Foxborough. But I don't know about now with the Quincy show. Is that going to affect? Uh, you know, it it, it may. Um, but I, I mean, the one thing, and I'm not even trying to like pull for it. It's just a fact. Like it's at Gillette Stadium, which is pretty cool. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, everybody's a Patriot fan in New England, right? Yeah, like, I mean, you don't even have to like cards that much just to want to go and walk around. Like, it's pretty cool. Like, like, I don't know. I grew up next to Mohegan. So, like, instead of going to hang out at the mall, like in high school, like we would go to Johnny Rockets there and walk around, like, you know, the show. So, like, Mohegan's whatever to me at this point, because I grew up right there. So, you know. Gillette though, like I'll I'll go to Gillette. Um, because the Mohegan show is great. Like, I'm not discounting it at all. It's a great show. I just like I mean, I couldn't get in it. And if I want to set up somewhere, I'll go to Gillette, I guess. If I yeah. can get a table there. I've I've only been to Gillette once. I went uh on the Sunday night game, uh, you know, Mahomes versus Brady, that game that went to That's 40 40 and went yeah. to overtime. Yeah. Yeah, I went there with my uh, with my stepdaughter, and we went up. Uh, we went early, and we're like, ah, we'll just we'll go early. We'll park. We'll go get something to eat. And I was just amazed at the amount of people that were there. You know, we were like walking around, putting our name on every restaurant. You know, trying to get in just to get a seat to sit right. down and eat. So it it was it was such a great. We did get to eat. It was a great experience. It's uh, even though my Chiefs lost that that night. And funny story, we were in. Uh, we have friends that have season tickets to the Patriots and we were in the season ticket holders section of that, you know, so it was, you know, and she, she's a huge, she's a huge Patriot fan and, and I'm a Chiefs fan. And of course, you know, and, uh, you know, when the uh, Patriots scored, the people in front of us turned around to high five and my stepdaughter was like, don't high five him. He's a Chiefs fan. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah and you know what i um i've been to gillette a bunch because growing up i used to watch the u.s men's national team they used to play at gillette a lot so i'd see them and then i i used to go to some of the new england revolution games growing up too so yeah. i i love the stadium it's a great stadium um so i can only imagine what the show would be like there i assume it'd be pretty good i just i know everyone was in like an uproar about it it looked like and i'm just like they got an opportunity that you just can't throw up. Like if it's your, if you're card vault and it's your brand and no one wants to think about it this way, if it's your brand, do you really care? Like, I'm I'm like, not that they hope the other shows do bad, but like you get an opportunity like that. Like you take it. Yeah. Not to mention they have their shop at Patriot place right there. Correct. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. Like, come on. Like, I mean, there's so many shows now overlapping, you know, yeah. and, and I feel bad because on some of them, because, you know, I love the setup at all these shows, but I know, you know, certain there's certain promoters that I'm just committed to. I've been doing their shows. They they just pencil me in for every show. And now all of a sudden shows are going up against each other and I have to choose. You know, they're two day shows and I have to choose. Am I going to this show or that show? And I really feel bad. I feel bad for on both sides. I mean, I know maybe one show may be better than the other, but they're both great shows. And, you know, my thought all the time is whatever I choose, it's wrong. You know, if I, yeah. if I, if I choose this one, I should have been at that one. And if I choose that one, I should have been at this one. So, um, we're really getting into that in this area. So, and here it was, and you and I were messaging this week. I'm like, 
where is there a show this weekend? I wanted to go to a show this weekend. And the only show I could go to was there was two and a half hours away in Rhode Island and two and a half hours away in Plainville, Long Island, right on Long Island. Yeah. And and I'm like, it's a five hour round trip just just to hit a show. That's that's too much you know, for me to, 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 to do, but every other weekend from now until probably Thanksgiving yeah. is yeah. a show. Yeah. Uh, I know. And like, I've, I've just been like, cause we have the baby coming. We had a surprise baby shower. We had, we have all this stuff going on. So you texted me about cards and I was like, as I got back from national, I was like, I haven't thought about cards in like a week. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, yeah, I kind of got to get back on it. And and like I actually have I've I've been slacking a little. I have like 50, 60 cards I gotta send out. Like are, are you like me though? Are you going to PSA every day? Like, where's the deal? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like I, I used to be, but like this, like I've just just a lot going on. And then yeah, you know, life life sometimes will just creep up on you out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely not slowing down on cards. I just yeah. uh these past two weeks have been chaotic, so mm. I'm happy I got to, I got to come back on the show today. Kind of recenter me, get me a little focus back to cards because uh, I have a nice stack of cards in the basement of a lot of Junior Caminero and Jackson Holiday that I need oh, to send out to grading. So, now yeah. that you've got them all, you're okay to talk about it. Now that you've got all your 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 stash, <laughs> I got them. So yeah, I mean, and that's the thing too is like with with these cards, it's just like you. I, I could grade them more because like my goal is I'm probably holding those until, you know, yeah. next, next, yeah. uh, next spring. So there's no rush to grade them, but all the other ones I gotta, I gotta send out. <laughs> I set a good example for you about right. Strong hands, holding cards. Yeah. The, no, I mean, I, I really do. I think that's something that people don't do enough. I, yeah. I mean, some people do, but like enough people don't do it. And it's not, it's not even from the, purest collector point of view it's just like you could literally be leaving so much money on the table by not holding if you want to look at it just as like financially like yeah you know that's there too yeah absolutely so so congrats congrats on the upcoming baby thank you thank you you, uh you you think that's going to uh change up your your hobby at all or you know probably probably will um yeah that will be coming uh due date in in early january so when the new year happens i yeah i'll have other priorities obviously so maybe the caminero and holiday i stack up on will hold me over in that january to march at the very least (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it's funny because now you know today in today's day and age you know you hear of all these Young, the younger guys, you know, having kids and they don't even lose a step, you know, like literally just keep on, keep on going to the hobby. And I remember back, you know, when I don't, I don't know, I don't know how you guys do it. I, you know, I just remember when kids started coming, my, my focus was, you know, on so many other things that I just kind of, you know, faded away in the hobby and then came back in, you know, when, when the kids were all grown up and, 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 out of the house type of on thing. the bright side though I, you know you saying that though i think because when, when did you have kids uh back in the late 80s early 90s the online presence to stay in the hobby i now i feel like could make it a lot easier for someone who's going to have a kid now to stay relevant i mean yeah. rob's had a couple kids and he's super like you know like he has the podcast he's always involved in something cool with content like you know i just think the ability to stay connected to the the hobby somehow from your home right yeah like yeah yeah and like for me is i could just try to snipe ebay auctions as i'm at home like you know bottle baby ebay auctions like you never know i can get creative now you sound like rob yeah (laughs) i can get creative with it too so um but you know in terms of shows yeah that that may slow down like like um but because matt who he has um his shop in downtown mystic and it's the summer so 
super busy. The fact he was able to get out to national was great, you yeah. know. Um, but I told him, I was like, well, when January comes, it's going to be flip-flopping because I'm going to have the baby. So, <laughs> so you know, if there's there may be shows that you're just setting up at. And his son is great too, Griffin. So Griff can always help him out. And, yeah. But yeah, it'll probably be that. I'll probably be at home cleaning, submitting, and maybe Matt will just be bringing inventory everywhere and yeah, doing yeah. that. So I have to adapt though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And I, I'm sure you'll be fine. Oh yeah. Only it's good stuff. It's good stuff to, to have to worry about. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and uh, getting into the fantasy football now, right? Oh yeah. Just hundred percent. in. you know, it's funny that, after last year, I was in like six teams last year and, and I was always talking to them, talking about them on the podcast and, you know, doing all this stuff. Maybe it wasn't six, maybe it was four teams, whatever I was in. But at the end of the year, I felt like I was, I was run down. I was, I was beat. I was like, I don't know if I can do that many teams next year. Cause it takes a lot of work to, you know, you're in there going through all week long, you know, seeing who you're going to, if you need to pick people up and what you're going to do and who you're going to start and, and then all of a sudden, it's nice because it's been just just enough time off that people are starting to contact me. They're like, "You're in, right?" I'm like, "Oh, 100 percent!" Like, I'm, like I'm all pumped to be in, and I've gotten into extra leagues, right? So, yeah, um, I'm in three now, and like for me, I think that's good. Like, I I feel like three, especially because well, I'll I'll talk about the league that we're in. We're you know we're starting that <clears throat> the dynasty league, which the dynasty technically never stops because like you can oh you can always trade draft picks in future draft picks and stuff like so it could be may and you get a, a update that you got a proposed trade for something which yeah. is kind of crazy it's cool i'm interested to see how it goes mm. but yeah i'm in like three <clears throat> this year and i think if there's like another good one where like i know people and stuff maybe i would do a fourth but three mm. for me sounds like my bandwidth to, to do. Yeah, that. I have the two regular that I'm in. Uh, I'm doing one with content creators, and I'm doing. I'm going to do the uh, dynasty one with you, which is like a whole new thing to me now. Same, so, same. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been researching doing dynasty. I because I've done you know I've been doing fantasy football for, geez, like 15 years, 12, 15 years. I've been doing it, so it's it's you know I'm not, I, I'm. I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to say I'm good at it. I just know what I'm doing. I've done it. Mm -hmm. I've done it long enough, but I've never done the, uh, I've dynasty, never done the yeah. dynasty. So I, I've definitely been researching that a little bit too, but it's fun. I look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's just something that's a little different and like you're, it's cool. Like you can have way like different strategies. Like you could draft for the future. You could draft to win. Now you could draft kind of half and half. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like probably that even approach is the best, mm -hmm. but it's so crazy to think like a lot of these dynasty rankings have like Bijan Robinson third overall. And it's just like, hasn't even taken an NFL snap. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's kind of cool because I used to play, you know, on the computer back in 2000, 2001, 2002, I used to play the Madden, you know, Madden football. And, yep. and you know, used that, that was part of the game, right? You would, sit there and go through a draft and you would just pick a team that it was pretty much a dynasty team. Right? right. And then, and then every year at the end of the season, some guys would go up, some guys would go down depending on age and things like that. So that's, that's really, I went from there into fantasy football. That's how I, that was kind of like my gateway into fantasy yeah. football from that game. Um, so yeah. I, if you I, you love, know, if you love fantasy football, dynasty is super appealing. Like, yeah. honestly, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's also pressure, though. Like, like you're, like, married to that guy unless you are trading away. Or, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you're not just – it's not – you're not just picking this guy for a season. Like, he's yeah. on your team. Like, he's on your team for as long as the league runs. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. We'll see. Because yeah. I'm, I'm slotted at third overall pick. And if Bijan falls to me, I – I don't know if I'm taking Bijan. That's a lot of pressure. That's yeah, like 
And if people don't know, like if people are doing it who don't know, I mean, no matter what, you know, they're stuck into like the yearly fantasy where they're going for all the top studs, you know, and, and not thinking about this is my team moving forward. So I'm picking yeah. a guy that is a rookie, but I'm hoping that the problem too, though, right? We're running backs. There's no shelf life for them. You know, you look at these these players today, they're just dropping off, you know, after two, three, four years. They're just and now you have the contract issue. Yeah. So, like, you have these guys who may be sitting out in their prime, like yeah. in, in one like they're some of their most relevant, you know, for fantasy football purposes, their most relevant year. And it's just yeah. like, yeah, I'm just going to yeah. sit out for my contract. And Hopefully like, they'll Whoa. learn from Le'Veon Bell. All right. <laughs> Well, he got paid. He got paid though. Like, didn't he? He got paid from the Jets. Even yeah, he got though he paid from the Jets, perform, but, but but he still missed. He still missed the whole year, and and he was terrible when he got to the Jets, and then he went to the Chiefs, and he was even worse on the Chiefs. So, yeah, I think know, he I think, didn't. He say he wishes he didn't do it too. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, wishes so. he just took the the, the you know <laughs> the uh, the the franchise tag and just played the year. So. Yeah, and I've honestly been thinking about like because you're at five in our league. Because I, I, I made sure for everyone listening, I made sure that I was like, hey, commissioner, this is all of, this is new to all of us doing Dynasty. Let's just put it out so we can strategize and drive ourselves crazy for two weeks to, to see who we're going to take at our, our draft. So, you know, we have that draft position and it's like, I know we were talking about, it's like, well, do you just, do you just take a quarterback that you think is going to be good for a long time? Because like, you probably have Mahomes for at least 10 years of just Mahomes. And that's pretty valuable. Like, I know you were saying that, and and my buddy who has the first overall pick was like, do I just take Mahomes? And it's like, well, every everything else would say to take Justin Jefferson. But if you want to take Mahomes, I personally, I'm not going to bat an eye at that. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's as safe as it's going to get for a pick, at least. It may not be the best pick. But safety-wise... The problem is, if you have the first overall pick, you're picking one, and then you don't get to pick again until 20. Right. Right? So on a 10-team or 24 on a 12-team. So there's a a lot of people lost in 20 and 24 picks by the time it gets back to you. There's really nobody sexy left. Yeah, and and by the time it gets back, the top-tier quarterbacks are gone. And for Dynasty, like, I mean, someone I was hoping would fall to me on the second time around for three is Jalen hurts. And I don't think that will happen. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and even if you pick Mahomes at first, who are you picking second? Like you're pr- picking a second tier, you know, running back or wide receiver, you know? So if, if, if that's where you want to base your team around then pick Mahomes, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it could sound like a good pick. I mean, you think, like, if I was starting an NFL team, right, and I said I had to go and pick one what, player, what would be the first player I would pick? I would think a quarterback, right? You'd pick Patrick Mahomes. I don't think it, it it's not even quarterback. You would pick him. You'd pick the guy we're talking about. Yeah, like, yeah. it wouldn't even be a question. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, absolutely. Um, and then you'd probably pick other quarterbacks, and it's just fantasy purposes for points. It's like, I think the whole thing with it for fantasy is that with quarterbacks, like the 25th overall quarterback is not nearly as far away as the 25th overall, like running back or wide receiver from points. Right. That's yeah. usually kind of the, the issue. It's like you could get like Kirk cousins, who's going to be a top 10 quarterback and you could get them like deep and it's not really going to hurt your team nearly as much as like, And you could also draft the quarterback next year or the year after, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or you could take, you could, that's, that's an, like, I'll probably have three, four quarterbacks by the time our draft is done, because you also got to think like you can use them as trade bait too. Like if I can get Brock Purdy super late, I will, because he's in a great system. And if I get a bye week and the 49ers are matched up, why not? You know? Yep. So all right, Jordan, we're just over an hour. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll definitely have to do this again. Oh, absolutely. We'll have to do a, an update on how the, our dynasty draft won. And the draft and, the, and, yeah. and, and what happened uh, on that, uh, where we ended up on that uh, 
November 18th, 19th weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. The big dilemma. Yeah. The big weekend dilemma. <laughs> Are you setting up at Mohegan? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, 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 I signed up. I didn't sign up for a table. They're sold out. I was put on a wait list over there. Um, but at this point, I'll probably right. go to, um, you you know, Gillette, Gillette. You'll be at Gillette with me. <laughs> Card ball. <laughs> yeah. You didn't get in. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I, I feel bad. It's like all those people who like, you know, they made that commitment and stuff and it's like, oh, and here's this cool ass show at Gillette stadium. That's just going to fall into your lap. It's like, well, no other vendors are going to be able to go because they're yeah. either they're either in they're already committed somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I guess that works for us in a way, but yeah, yeah. Um, the another thing too with that that Mohegan show compared to the Gillette and or Quincy is like, and it's cool for people that like that is the Mohegan show is like a collect con thing. It's not just sports. So like they have all that the Pokemon and some like yep. clothing and cool stuff like that, which isn't necessarily for me, but I know it's a huge draw for a lot of people. So yeah, maybe it'll be heavy on that with the other shows too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Be cool to see. All right, kid. Thanks for coming on. Sounds good. All right. See ya. All right. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like subscribe. Tell a friend and spread the word. And until next time, be good to yourselves and everyone around you. Take care, Jordan. See ya.